We brought you damn good beer, and now we're delivering to you damn good beef. Hassle Cattle Company is the absolute best source for farm-to-table Wagyu beef in the country. Hassle Cattle Company is a fourth-generation cattle farm out of Texas. They ship all over the beautiful USA and straight to your door. They call their beef the blue-collar Wagyu. Why? Because it's the best damn Wagyu that every man or woman can afford. Hassle Cattle Company offers Wagyu smoked sausage, New York strip, beef bacon, Wagyu fresh, two jerky flavors, original and sweet and spicy, and their hamburger even won the Food Network's Northeast Burger Jam. Not only do we love their beef, the country loves their beef. Everybody wants to get in on this. These guys take their registered bulls and breed them with Angus cows, giving you that very high prime product that is grown with zero antibiotics or hormones. So head to HassleCattleCompany.com, that's H-A-S-S-E-L-L, CattleCompany.com, and use promo code DNVR10 for 10 percent off your order plus any orders over two hundred dollars get you free shipping again use code dnvr10 check them out today and we promise you will not be disappointed Avalanche podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, the number one rated sportsbook app out there. I'm your host, Rudo, joined by AJ Hayfley. We've been talking about Avs contracts lately, but on today's show, we're going to take a little bit of a wider look around the league at some of the big players that could be in this offseason. Now, nothing is guaranteed, of course. They could very well all stay put for all we know. Mm-mm, I'm making guarantees. They're all moving. Every single one? Mass chaos is upon us. All right. Let chaos reign, baby. And the, the, the Kraken have arrived, and they are going to bring with them the thunder. Bring it down. Rain hell upon the league. Yep. It's uh, it's gonna be. Int- I've heard uh, I heard a lot of teams were having a little bit of sticker shock with what Seattle was asking for uh, for making certain selections. So, look, I spent all morning shopping for cars. Sticker shock is a real thing. <laughs> You're sticker shocked right now. I would say no, but I no. would also I would also say that the car purchasing process is the most insane thing I have ever heard of. (laughs) The number of comical hoops that they expect you to jump through and that we as a society have just been like, this is acceptable. You gotta do what you gotta do to get a car. You know what I mean? (laughs) Somehow these people have gotten to rig the system so that it's like, we're just going to roll in money. Always. It's nice. It's insane. And apparently 
with the with with because of covid like there are things like chip shortages so uh car manufacturing is like way down <laughs> and people are like oh yeah no you're not going to be able to get that 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 version of that vehicle november jesus and i was like say what <laughs> like november girl please <laughs> what the what is happening and they're like like i have i have avoided like debt my adult life like i've never had a credit card before apparently that's a bad thing yeah no uh... and they're like look you got to you got to you got to accrue some good debt so that you can accrue some big debt and buy shit like cars and houses and stuff. And I'm like... <laughs> Gotta spend money to spend money, AJ. The shit is this <laughs> system, bro. It is insane. <laughs> it makes no sense. I thought healthcare was confusing. This makes no sense. Well. What the fuck? So I'm not the man to explain it to you. I don't. This think. is this is like what I have spent the last like I would say, like, like, like two months like learning all about this stuff because it's just never been part of my life. My entire adult life has been like, oh, can I pay for that? No, then I don't have that. Yep. And it was just like, it's been so crazy, dude. Like, it, debt and I don't know the whole credit system it's been wild i would try and make this a clever segue into talking about seth jones but it just it's just not gonna happen <laughs> there I mean, is no clever segue it's just been a weird day and so like you guys are just gonna have to deal with me being in a weird mood as i've learned all kinds of things about being an adult that I, like i turned 34 in two months to the day actually and <laughs> I just didn't. I didn't know any of this. So I'm, uh, and we're in the off season now. So you guys have to deal with me being like this. But wow. I, I apologize for the immediate divergence into Crazy Town. But it's been a weird day. It, all right. I, I hope it only gets weirder. Um, but should we? I, I feel like we've already tried to kibosh this, but let's do it again on this show. There's very few universes out in the multiverse where the Avs even want to go get Seth Jones right now, correct? So, how much would Seth Jones help Colorado? Let's start there. Sure. Um, and let's let's have like an honest conversation about Seth Jones in his career. Yep. In that he was very, very highly rated coming mm-hmm. out. And when you look at the class where he was drafted fourth, you look at the guys drafted in front of it, and it's like all of them are studs. Yep. Two legitimate superstars. And one like one guy who's I who I think his development just got like jacked around and we'll never get to see his full potential. Uh in Duran. But like a mediocre top six guy. Yep. Like I understand that Duran's fancy numbers aren't very good, but there's always going to be value in a guy that can give you 50 points in a season. 
because you have guys like Val Machushkin who have great fancy stats and couldn't finish a sentence. So, <laughs> you know, like there's always going to be value in guys that that score points. And it's the weirdest thing of the analytics movement to to undervalue guys who just put pucks in the net. It's a it's a it's one of the weirdest things about the analytics thing for me is that people are like, "Oh, I bet you're judging off points again." And you're like, isn't that the whole point of hockey is to score? Like, I understand that shooting and stuff is important and that, like, driving play is really important. But if you don't, like, Kiefer Sherwood shoots a lot. If you don't <laughs> score, if you don't beat goaltenders, if you don't rack up points, your team loses Yep, a lot. <laughs> so, anyway, um, what I want to do is I want to be like, let's be real here. Seth Jones is coming off a real bad year. Two two middling years in a row, honestly. Well, and if you if you because if you look at his three year trend, it's going like that. Yep. I guess that downward. We're, we're reversed. We're going backwards in time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I mean, look at his career as a whole. He had a great three year stretch in Columbus, but. His first three years in Nashville, not amazing. His last two years in Columbus, they are, like, as a comparison, they're quite similar to the numbers that Sam Gerrard is putting up. The three-year stretch in the middle, yes, he was significantly better. A big big problem here, too, is that his defense has taken a big step back. Yep. And that, look, at, at 26 years old, you have a lot of things up in the air about his career and you're you're asking real questions about just how good is this guy. Sure. Because you don't tend to look at guys in their ages 24, 25 and 26 season and say they're on a downward trend. <laughs> Why is this? Like that's not the way that it's supposed to be going. Uh so I think how much would Seth Jones help Colorado versus the price it would take to to acquire him? Uh, and and that's, the that's price where is I, where the problem comes in. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, because, look, to be honest, you could find the money. Yep. You can find the money because you would have to move Eric Johnson back. Yep. They would just have to take EJ. And Colorado could retain a little bit on that and whatever. But Seth Jones... One year left on his deal, and then he's moving into he's moving into free agency. Yep. And at five point four million dollars, he's not going to be making that much. He's not going to be making that number for much longer. Nope. I genuinely don't know where the market for defensemen goes. I think where what Seth Jones is going to benefit a lot from is whatever happens with Dougie. I mean. It's also going to depend on how he plays next year quite a bit. I think, sure. As well, but but the team that acquires him is going to do so and immediately talk to him about this. True. So they they probably they probably won't have a chance to see how he plays and how he fits in and all of that. They're going to want to do that quickly because it's going to be a hefty price. You're talking about a first round pick, a top prospect, um, and then from there probably an NHL player 
and then maybe another high pick, a second or third rounder. Yeah, it would not be cheap at all. So, and for a team like Colorado, that's probably two firsts. They don't have seconds, and their firsts, their first this year is twenty eight. Although it's a, it's technically twenty seven because Arizona forfeits their pick. Yeah, it's yeah because Arizona just doesn't exist. Yeah, like Arizona is like in there, but not. But it's like. <laughs> yeah. but, the Avalanche will pick the twenty seventh player mm-hmm. uh, in the draft, even though it's it's. I think it will officially be the twenty eighth pick. Correct. So, anyway, um, I was looking at it last night and was like, "Have I been lying to people? Have I been telling people it's twenty eight? And was like, "Oh, Arizona, <laughs> you tricky bastards, and your forfeited picks. <laughs> That's what you get for being cheat holes, fellas." Can confirm, uh, but. Yeah. Anyway, Seth Seth Jones, I mean, look, if you get the version of Seth Jones that Columbus got two years ago. You're rolling in it. You love it. Let's be real. Hell yeah. I mean, that's if you get that version of Seth Jones, the Avs top five, maybe six is disgusting. You will, You would expect Eric Johnson's gone. Right, but you still have McCarr. Gerard, Taves, Jones, and then Byram, Graves, Timmons, in whatever order you want. Like, that's stupid. It's pretty solid. It's it's a lot of it's a lot of projection because you're still Byram and Timmons obviously still have to take the yeah, next big steps, but I mean come you're on. talking about them as hard third pairing dudes because you have Jones and Taves as your second pair, or, or Jones and, and Makar as a pair, what however you want to cut the bread it doesn't matter for the top four (laughs) so that's uh (sighs) i'm i'm that's that's if you get the good Seth jones if you get the Seth jones from last year he's fine but when we talked about finding support for sam gerard in the postseason would Seth Jones be like the ultimate yes to that? Um, Where you're like, <laughs> it's hard. It. It, it'd be hard to say no in that regard for sure. But I, I, I'm worried about. I'm worried about the the decline. If this was one year, yep. the The thing is, though, is that the decline from the last over the last three years, like from 1819 to 1920, it wasn't huge. It was it was a it was it it was sure. worse. There as much about missing games as anything else. But. This last year was a huge decline. Yep. And that's that's a concern. But it's also like, okay, even if he goes back to the level two years ago, he's he, let's be real, that dude is still not worth nine million dollars. The one Seth Jones from two Two years ago. Not even. But. I There is an argument that Seth Jones is not worth $9 million full stop. Even in his best year. Yeah, I think that's fair. But. He gonna get it. <laughs> <laughs> Just like um, buying a car. <laughs> why you gotta do that, dog? <laughs> Uh, but, but with Jones, it's like, yeah, the support would be there, but you're also paying for like a tip top 
you're paying for a top pairing guy when the Evs don't really need a top pairing guy right, right now. Like some of that nine million gets wasted, right? Yep. Like because because you're playing him in a top four ish role. Like I I think that some of that I think some of that will get like some of that value, some of the theoretical value anyway, would be you're like, okay, well, it's a little redundant. Obviously you love it, but you love you love the talent that you're you've built up on your defense. Yeah. But at the same time, you're you're paying full price for a guy to play that 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 you think of that would play twenty five minutes for you. He's playing twenty one. Yeah. So uh couple questions here. Look, I appreciate the hockey guy, but no one's going to offer sheet McCarr for various reasons. And if they do, the abs will just match. So it's not yeah. a problem. Offer sheet, offer sheets are a myth. Basically. I can't, I can't, I'm, I cannot believe that listeners of this podcast are still doing this. Offer sheets are fake. Yep. Offer sheets, offer sheets are a thing that exists so that people like us can talk about them because <laughs> they're fun to talk about. They are irrelevant in the real world. One. Because even even the last two offer sheets that have been signed have been matched approximately 14 seconds a- after they got signed. I cannot remember the last offer sheet that actually went through and was not matched by the team. Yeah, like, are we talking like Dustin Penner back in I the think, day? Like, it's I been think, so long. Yeah, I, th- I want to say that's the last one that actually, like, worked. How long has that guy been out of the league? Like... At least it was back. Years, it was yeah. back in that era where there was yeah. a handful. It was a handful of 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 offer sheets that that like got signed in a in a couple of year period, and it was like, what is this? Uh, Nick, thank you for the super chat. Do you YOLO and do the sod type of situation trade for him on the last year and just see again? So the the specific situation with sod is look at the price that the Avs got him for. The Avs yeah. were able to acquire Brandon Saad with Chicago retaining salary for Nikita Zadorov and Anton Lindholm. And yeah. they even got a prospect thrown in as well. Yeah. They, got, they, got, they got Anton Lindholm back in the deal. Basically, Anton Lindholm and Dennis yeah. Gilbert are the same guy. Right. So uh, if you could get Seth Jones for that price, hell yeah. But there's no way you're getting Seth Jones for anywhere near that price. And that's the problem with Jones is that the price Columbus is going to want for him is way too high for to you to just say, oh, this is just a rental. Yeah. Um, also, I would, no disrespect to the hockey guy. Um, no, like I said, I I appreciate his work. He's out there grinding every single day, does great work. But yeah, people love his, his stuff. His but... offer sheet take on Makar is just not correct. Well, and it's, it's just like, look, it, you're not going to – this this isn't a real conversation. Yep. Somebody's going to offer sheet Kale McCarr and the others are going to be like, thanks, you just saved us a shitload of work. And that's – I mean, that's just reality. Like, yep. the hockey guy does a great job of covering the league as a whole. If you want to get into the minutia of teams, you listen to podcasts like us on the apps. Yeah, absolutely. You know how hard it is to be really well-versed on 32 NHL organizations? Basically I can, impossible. I can tell yeah. you it's impossible. <laughs> it is impossible to do. So, 
Seth Jones, an interesting conversation. He's going somewhere, as I've said previously, and as somebody mentioned in the chat earlier, somebody somebody is going to do something irresponsible for him. Yep. I don't think it's going to be Colorado, although it's not hard to see why it would be fun if they did. Like Colorado is just not the team that's desperate for a defenseman right now, right? Yeah, the upside the upside of it is like, oh, you're building a super team on defense, and now that the expansion draft will be behind them, there's no longer this consideration. There's no longer like Seattle looms on the horizon, yeah, you know. Right. As every move that was made in the last two or three years. Was like about that, yeah. Seattle coming. You got to be careful. Don't build too good of a team now. (laughs) You don't have to worry about any of that now. So it's somebody's going to do something. Um, I'm excited. I'm excited to see how it plays out. I'm glad it's not. Colorado's probably not going to be involved in any of that. Yep, I I agree. We can take our first period break on that note. AJ. I'm going to put you on the spot here for our DraftKings pick of the week. Who wins the cup? Both series are one and one right now. Which cup? Stanley Cup. The Islanders. He's taking the Islanders. You love we're, to we're see talking, it. We're here, we're here to make money on that. So they, I'm going I'm going with my Isles. It, it's not the full-on Montreal, I think, is like plus 850. The Isles are only like plus 400 or something. But you can make good money off the Isles. If you take the Isles right now over at DraftKings Sportsbook to win the Stanley Cup... Make yourself some money. You can also use code DNVR when you sign up and bet on any basketball team to win their next game that's still in it. If they win, you turn $1 into $100 in site credits. So jump on over there. Use our pick of the week. Use your own intuition. Use the odds boosts over at DraftKings Sportsbook to win yourself a whole bunch of money, whether it be on basketball, hockey, baseball, anything else you can imagine as well. All of it's awesome to bet on. At DraftKings, must be 21 or older, Colorado only. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code DNVR when you sign up for that $1 into $100 in free credits opportunity for a limited time only. New customers only. Wager paid out in site. Credits restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem call 1-800-522-4700. Also brought to you by Gabby Insurance. Gabby stands for Get a Better Insurance. You can check them out at gabby.com slash DNVR. That's G-A-B-I dot com slash DNVR to see what they got and let them know we sent you. They are just trying to find you the best insurance rates possible for you. Many of us here at DNVR have used it and saved hundreds of dollars, in some cases well over $1,000 a year. So check them out today and just see how much you can save on home and auto insurance. It's completely free to use. Why not at least take a look and save yourself a good old bundle of cash, which you can then spend on the uh, DNVR house fund. Ali got a uh, a couple more dollars donated on TDSP, so we're we're down to like nine hundred ninety nine thousand eight hundred dollars or something to to go. Or maybe you know what? Maybe maybe you donated to the yacht fund. Why not the DNVR yacht fund as well? Uh, I feel like I'm doing a terrible job of telling you to give us your money, but. We have awesome content. You can get a free shirt and mask with an annual membership. You get big beers at the DNVR bar, as well as a bunch of other awesome stuff. So check it out. Support us. It's it's a great way to do it. While the Super Chats are also great, the best way to support us is, of course, signing up for a DNVR membership. So if you haven't done it, do it. We love all of y'all. Yeah, Cygnus moving into the DNVR subdivision confirmed. <laughs> 
<laughs> I'm all about the subdivision. That idea was a good one. <laughs> Thank you for the $5, Sasha. Five more dollars to the house fund for DNVR. Uh, when when DNVR hosts some type of like Big Brother event, this is y'all's fault, just so you know. The DNVR mansion. Would it be a main? I don't. I feel like it. Big Brother would be closer. I think AJ and I would probably push for like a streamer house. Oh, but <laughs> that'd be a fun one. Yep. We would need. We would need like. Uh, we would need one of those stream. Like we would need some separation. Definitely. Yeah. You know, I don't want to run in. I want to run into too many people. Yeah. You need the. The all right. This is... the, the, the the raw truth is is that living with people increases the amount of time you have to spend wearing pants. It's true. And that is just such a hassle. So, take it to the next level. Forget a streamer house. A streamer subdivision. Alright? Yeah. I like the, the cul-de-sac is a cool idea. The coldy. The... Yeah, there you go. The whole streamer, uh, the streamer roundabout. Got yeah. it. <laughs> Alright. Second period of the DNVR Avalanche podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. AJ, which fire sale do you want to get into first? Buffalo or Calgary? Buffalo, 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 All Buffalo. Right. Buffalo. All, right. All right. The Buffalo fire sale. Obviously, the big name, Jack Eichel. Sam Reinhart also lurking around that conversation, which we've talked about a little bit. But look. You and I are are not on this crazy train of people who are saying we should, or the Avs rather, should not protect Nazem Kadri. But if you were theoretically on that train... I am totally wearing pants, damn it. Would Jack Eichel not be a ridiculous replacement? Uh, if there was no salary cap. Right. There's obviously this massive issue of the Avs would have to find a way to fit Jack Eichel's $10 million deal. But yeah, they would have to find a way to. It's because, like, they could do it this year, right? Like, you pay them in picks and prospects so that you, you give them Eric Johnson and Nazem Kadri. Yep. And, like, boom, you've paid for Jack Eichel's salary this year. But going forward, as but soon as when it comes to pay Nathan McKinnon, <laughs> when it comes time to pay McKinnon, you in trouble. Yeah, that would be one where you're like Jack Eichel and Landis Gog has to walk. Yep, it would uh, it would burn down real quick, to say the so, least. Yeah, they only have limited no trade clauses. So, so is that. Is that the thing with Eichel then? Is is Eichel a fear that he's coming to the Central Division and yes. going to be a problem? It's my number one fear. Uh, is that the Minnesota Wild, that Bill Guerin, that sneaky devil, is going to make it happen? Boy, because between between some of their prospects and they can they can dump some of the money. Look, if they if they can convince that to, to Buffalo to take on Zach Parise's deal, Yahtzee. Right, like that's yeah. All of a sudden, yeah. you turn that into an Eichel, and yeah. Minnesota gets the center they've been needing. Yeah, and then the Jack Eichel and and Kirill the Thrill making sweet music together, and it's like, shit, this just got a lot tougher in the central. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely. 
you're begging him not to come to the central, right? Go anywhere yeah. else. Go to the, go to the Pacific. Stay out east. Do something else because the central not going to be easy next year. It's not going to be the cakewalk of a division that the Avs had this year. Yeah, uh, and Minnesota lurks is like they need that center, uh, and they've got enough interesting young players. And look. It would really help their expansion draft if they could move one of those defenders in a deal. And if you move them for Eichel, you're less upset about that deal. Yep. I mean, that's... They could legitimately... You can talk about Boldy being a center or not, but that's a team that could go from two years ago having no centers to having one, two, three down the middle that is insanely strong. Yeah, I don't... I mean, I think Boldy would have to be... Maybe not... I, I don't know. I'd, it would be real hard for Buffalo to make an Eichel deal with Minnesota and not get not get Boldy. Yeah, that's fair. Um, but if it's not Boldy, then I think uh, you know Adam Beckman has to be involved in that. Yeah. Um, You're talking uh, about multiple firsts. Marakuz Medinov well. has to be involved in that. Other first round picks have to be involved in that. Yeah. You know, maybe they can maybe they can convince Buffalo to take on that disaster of a pick they made a couple of years ago in the the Swedish defense. Oh God, the yo Joe is it Johansson? Yeah, it's Philip Johansson. Yeah, that's right. So, uh, but but that's those are like it, they would. I think it would have to be one of the the defensive pieces. It would have to be Brodine or Dumba. Yep. Because Spurgeon, that's their captain. Suter's like a billion years old. <laughs> it wouldn't make any sense. Yeah. Um, so I think I think it would have to be Brodine or Dumba. Dumba's probably just the one that makes the most sense. Um that's my fear, man. Yep. Because it just makes so much sense and because they are in a position to, to strike like that. The problem for them has been centers coming onto the market, teams willing to move those guys. And now that there's a big uh, one, arguable top five center in the league is coming onto the market. So we go from, we go from that. And if they can't get, if they can't get that dude, then certainly they should be in play for Reinhardt. Although I'm again, I think Reinhardt goes out west. I think that dude lands in LA if Eichel doesn't land in LA. Man. But LA should trade for him both. Reinhardt would be a perfect fit in LA, honestly. But <clears throat> I mean, I, that as Sam asks in the chat here, can we assume he means the Avs get Reinhardt realistically? Uh, it would be hard assuming Landy stays and Makar stays and all the other internal stuff the Evs have to do. It would be hard to the, get Reinhardt. Well, they would have to, they would have to pay like, okay, <clears throat> you could totally do it, but you probably, like, I don't see how you, you would want to get Reinhardt to add him to the group. Right. right? I'm, you're getting Reinhardt to replace Sod in this scenario. Essentially. Right. And so that's what's really hard to do is now you're trying to convince Buffalo to give you Reinhardt and you haven't touched any of your top six. Yep. Like you haven't touched any of those guys there. You So you haven't made them any better, but you give them, okay, well, we'll give you one of our defensemen. Yep. Like they're not taking Connor Timmons in that deal. They're asking for Sam Gerrard in that deal. And then they're asking for a first round pick. And yeah. then they're asking for 
something else and something else and something else. And you're just like, dude, at what point is this? Right, spiraling out of control. Yeah. For the sixth forward in our top six here, yeah. is this really how we want to go about this? Because if if you include Kadri in that deal, okay, well now you have to replace Kadri. You're that you're making a big bet on Alex Newhook if you're doing that. Yeah. Yeah. And if you're going to try and play Reinhardt at center, which PS don't do that, but don't, yeah. if that's what you're doing, then you're bet you're okay. I like the Kadri to Reinhardt, but now you're still replacing Saad and yep. you're still trying to figure out what to do there. Yep. Uh, so it's, you know, it's, it's probably the only way that I think Reinhardt in Colorado really makes any sense is if Landeskog does walk. Yep. You know, if they do include a Burakovsky in that deal. And look, I think there would be some wisdom in that. Burakovsky's got one year left on his contract until he's a UFA. Yeah. I. He I, scores, he goes out and scores 20 again next year for the Avs. It's three straight years. I guess he got to 19 this year, didn't he? 19 and what, like 52 in, yeah. games or something? Yeah. So, you know, he goes, he goes out and scores 20 next year and. You know, Dude's getting a, paid. As yeah. a twenty-eight-year-old in the free agent, as a as a you know, got good size, great shooter. You know, I, in, gonna make money in a vacuum. Replacing Burkowski with Reinhardt, I'm all for it, and and I love yeah. Berkey. But same, I would I would also I also think that makes them a little harder to play against. It makes them a little more well-rounded, but. You Again. also lose what you have in Burakovsky, which is a guy that even when he's playing poorly, can just put one past a goaltender. Yep. And you're replacing him with a guy who has to work a lot harder to score goals. And again, it comes down to the rest of that cost, right? Yep. Because it's not just Burakovsky, right. it's Burakovsky in a first round pick. And yep. And then and then maybe maybe that's the deal that they take Connor Timmons in. Sure. But even then it would have to be Connor Timmons first round pick. And Andre Burakovsky just for Sam Reinhardt, just to just to pay Sam Reinhardt seven million dollars after this next year. Yeah, so yeah. it's a tough sell. Yeah, for sure. It's, it's it's rough there. Jack Eichel would be a lot of fun. It's just we just not realistic. I it, look if the if the cap was going to go up in that time, if the cap was going to take a conversation, lead, sure, yeah. Like that would be that would be the bet that you're making is that the the flat cap is not gonna, it's gonna last that long. The flat yeah. cap will jump up when McKinnon's deal ends, and it takes like a ten million dollar jump, and you're like, sweet, <laughs> that pays for it. Yep, pretty much. So definitely could be tough to find a way to to get anything out of Buffalo effectively for Colorado at the very yeah. least. And like, they're not, they're not going to trade um, uh, Rasmus Dahlin. No shot. Colorado didn't really need to do that anyway. Um, Colorado should have zero interest in Casey Middlestat. Yeah. They don't need to mess with Casey Middlestat. They don't need to mess with Rasmus for line and any of the, any of the other guys on their team. It's just no thanks. They just yep. don't need, they don't need to go down that road. Yep. Um, it's not that there is an upside. It's that you're you're rolling the dice. You're paying for something to happen that goes against the grain of what has already taken place. Yeah. Take a, a quick detour here. We'll get to Calgary in a little bit. But I saw 
someone in chat talking about Ryan Nugent Hopkins. So RNH, I think, is interesting. It especially how so the, the when you're talking about RNH, the question is, what do you have of faith in Nazem Kadri and Alex Newhook? Yeah. How I do think, you make that work at center? That I think that would be a you would have to you'd have to move on from Kadri. Yep. It, um you're you're dropping in R and H as your two C basically, I, I, I think. I think R and H is better defensively at this point in his career than Kadri is. But you lose a little bit of Kadri's edge, which obviously, as we saw, double-edged sword there. Um, I know that RNH has moved to wing to accommodate the super centers that they've got there. He can play wing if need be, yeah. Yeah, so he can play on that left side, which is where you know they need they would need the help. The thing with RNH is he is a free agent at the end of this year if he's not signed. So you would have to pay the free agent premium price for him. And this is a guy who had a down year a bit in 2021, but had 60 point years in the two years previous. Granted. Yeah, sure. He plays with dry and McDavid to a certain extent, but that guy's not going to be cheap. Yeah. I mean, I think because of his production um, because of the role increase that he's likely to see if he leaves Edmonton, um, which I still think is personally, I think is unlikely, but um, you're, I mean, like you're taking Landis Gog's money and kind of just, just copying it and on pasting fire. It. Yep. I mean, you're, it's the same. It's basically the same money. Well, yeah, right. And the question every time you have that is how do you find that money? Is, yeah, because that at that point you need you need Seattle to take one of those guys from you, the one of the three million dollar guys. Then you need to trade one of those three million dollar guys on your own. Yep. So now you gotta find a taker for three million dollars, which who has that who knows? Like, room right now, yeah. Right. It shouldn't be the gridlock. Shouldn't be like it was last off season, but it it will also won't be like a free, free pass for all. Either, you know, yeah. like it's like if they put JT Comfort on waivers, I think he would probably get claimed. But you don't want to do that because then you just lost him for nothing, and that's yep. also not what you want to do there. But you would have to find that money as in addition to trading Kadri for something, you would have to find additional money. Yep. So that that you know the RNH thing would be interesting, but um, like it would be fun, right? But no, not by July first. They don't have to be signed in the next two weeks while the season yeah. is still on. The it's will probably end up being somewhere around August first. Uh, free agency. I have the uh, hold on. Yeah. Do you have the actual date? I've got. It will be after the expansion and regular drafts, for yeah. sure, at very least. Free agency opens at noon Eastern on July 28th. 28th. There yeah. you go. So, like, immediately after the draft. But So. <clears throat> All right. In any case, 
We have a super chat here from Jacob. Thank you very much. Any chance Saad takes a pay cut based on where he is in his career? Already won cups, been paid well in his last deal, and has started the Yeah, maybe. Yeah, we talked about this earlier this week. Yep. Um, I think the Landeskog episode, we kind of touched on this with Brandon Saad. That I think so, yep. His priority, like, look, uh, Edmonton's going to have – they have enough cap space that they could, they could throw a ton of money at him and, and say, hey – come make $6 million again and play, play in the super side, you know, the super top six of ours. Um, other teams, other, you know, other teams that need help, I think will also be of, of interest uh, in terms of being able to give him that kind of money. But if, if his priorities are, Hey, I've been making $6 million already. I can go ahead and take, I can go ahead and make four and a half million dollars this year to play in a place where I'm going to be comfortable. My family likes it. I'm more competitive. You know, he made a lot of sense here. He was a good fit. His postseason was a little like he scored like three ultra fluky goals in the Vegas series. Yeah. Uh, so you're just kind of like, you know, you don't look at the numbers that he put up in the postseason and go, oh, he'll totally do that again. See Andre Burakovsky. <laughs> but a really uh, definitely a guy that you could absolutely envision saying, I'll take less money, like legitimately less money, a million and a half, maybe two million less to play in a place that's more competitive. Because I personally, I really got the sense that he did not enjoy that rebuilding process, process that they were going through in Chicago. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I don't know that anybody like enjoys it, but some guys are like, "Look, I want to be here. Right. I'm I'm here to help this process along or whatever." And I think he was like, "Can I just, just want to go back to winning, man?" <laughs> yeah, it's like competing for Stanley Cups is way more fun than this shit. <laughs> well, we'll have to wait and see on Sod's decision, but we do need to take our second period break as we are brought to you by Strava Craft Coffee. You can get 25% off your first order at StravaCraftCoffee.com and use code DNVR25 and get 20% off for life with their subscription service. You can also check it out. Cold Brew down at the DNVR bar. Also have Chevalier Mortgage. Both Mike and Virginia have been in the business for a while now and with incredibly good rates, there has never been a better time to get a home loan but they will give you a whole lot more than that as Mike is a certified financial planner. So they can hook up your entire financial picture, looking at more than just the home loan for you and get you all sorted out top to bottom. So check them out today at dnvrmortgage.com. You can also get yourself signed up for a chance to win some free DNVR merch over there. It's great stuff. You can also call Virginia for a consultation at 303-257-6578. Awesome, awesome people. They've been local and and supporters of us for a long time. So check them out. Michael Chevalier, NMLS 1931006. Virginia Chevalier, NMLS 1910631. And, of course, brought to y'all by the amazing Green Mountain Dental Group, just 15 minutes from downtown. They do awesome work on your teeth. We've had dozens of people switch, and they all say it's one of their best dental experiences they've ever had. Plus, They will give you a free Sonicare toothbrush for signing up for a cleaning x-ray and exam with them. So check them out today as well. Get yourself a free electric toothbrush just for taking care of your teeth. 
Third period of the DNVR Avalanche podcast presented by that DraftKings Sportsbook with Rudo and AJ. Do we want to get into Calgary, AJ? Because is it is it going to happen? Is Calgary going to blow it up? I think they're the most interesting one, right? I think they have the most question marks surrounding them. When you look at someone like Buffalo, it sure seems like the inevitable is going to happen there. Uh, I, I Lots of stories about Eichel and Reinhardt not being happy in Buffalo. Yeah. I mean, I think that's like, I think that's happening, but I also think that the Calgary one, look, if they move Sean Monaghan, they move Johnny Gaudreau, they have to go all in with it. You know, you have to, you have to yeah. move Mikhail Backlund. You have to move Elias Lindholm. You should be looking at Mangiapane. Like this, that should not be. That should not be a. Any everything is available process. type of situation. Yeah. Sure. If yeah. they decide, if they decide to do it, they have to. I mean, they have to go hard. Yep, full fire sale. Yeah, I think so. And. Look, this podcast we're focusing on more of the star side of things, so that's basically Goudreau and Monahan. Yeah, but they're so they're out of time. Yep. Like like Dylan says, he's not convinced Calgary has any interest in making decisions. Johnny Goudreau's a year from UFA. This, they're out of they're out of time. This is the inevitable wall you hit when you sit in the Calgary zone forever. Yeah, this is why it's the Calgary zone. Yep. And making no decisions is not going to help Calgary. That they're not, got, it's totally possible that they do nothing, but they're not getting better by doing nothing. They've got Goudreau next year, expiring next year. They've got Kachuk up for a new deal after that. RFA, but yeah. Yeah, I mean, as an RFA, but he's, I'm sorry, he's going to get more than the $7 million he's making. Yep. He's too good. So, you know, they they have to make decisions here. Like a guy like Mangiapane, he's only got one more year at the at the rate that he's making, and they aren't they aren't drowning in young guys that that can you know phrasing, but they aren't they aren't they don't have a bunch of young talent that's just knocking on the door, like just waiting to waiting to replace a lot of these guys. It is they need to go out. They need to move some of these guys to get it. Reigning men in Calgary, it is not. Like Mark Giordano, you expect that guy's probably going to stay. He's 37. Like, that's good. But that dude's playing out the twilight of his career. Yeah. But you have to have Chris Tanev, 31, making $4.5 million. What, like, that guy's value around the league should have only gone up after watching what happened with Quinn Hughes this year away from Chris Tanev. Yep. So. You know, Tanev, and I know Tanev is a warrior and the teams love him because of that toughness, but you also have like Rasmus Anderson, Noah Hannafin. What are they going to do there? Those should be building blocks. And I think Anderson is, but Noah Hannafin, again, it just all the tools in the world, all the, all the if, potential, all the everything. If, and it you just could, if you could stick one player and call them the Calgary zone, would it not be Noah Hannafin? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's a great it's a great way to put it. <laughs> so I mean <laughs> but yeah, you're you're right. Calgary is in definitely a tough spot and and I, and I, if they do decide to make moves, 
it's something that they have to commit to. They can't go halfway in on it. Well, it doesn't make any sense to move Johnny Gaudreau and then be like, we're done. We're okay, gonna, you, you, you got just worse. got worse. Yeah. But you're still you're still rolling out a bunch of guys that aren't going to do anything. Like I said, I, I took a bunch of heat from Detroit for Detroit fans for saying they should move Anthony Mantha because he does not he was going to age out of their next com- competitive window, and that Detroit was just going to have to pay him for that. And they were like, "You're an idiot. He, you build around that guy. Well, he's gone for that exact reason. You should be looking at Johnny Gaudreau and Sean Monahan as guys that you have that conversation about." Now, with Monaghan, you're worried because the play has dropped a bunch. Like, that was a guy who was outscoring Nathan McKinnon the first several years of their career and then just never really got any better. The thing is, you worry about Johnny Gaudreau too, right? Not to be be a size queen, but you have to realistically understand a player of that size and that play style is far less likely to age gracefully than – other styles of play that that don't rely so much on speed and agility to well, do what they do. And if and if you're if you're comfortable with the Johnny Gaudreau that they've seen the last two years, a really good player, a really good playmaker, you know, fifty eight points, forty nine points in seasons that didn't that weren't completed, but he played basically all the games in. Mm-hmm. Durability has not been an issue for him, but. If you if you if a team accepts that he's not the ninety nine point player he was a couple years ago and is more of this like sixty five ish point guy somewhere in that range sixty to sixty five that's a really good that's a really good player we've seen that he can't be a team's best player yep and that's also okay like he should still be really really good but a team has to understand what they're getting with him and and just know like okay you know we we joke about how the abs broke johnny gaudreau because he was a no-show in their first round so like he had seven points in 10 playoff games last year in the in the bubble the not against bubble. the abs yeah yeah like it it was better but with gaudreau i think i think there's less concern because the play while it has dropped from elite it's still very good with so, Monahan. You're more worried about it. it. There's less concern in the immediate with Gaudreau. Longer well, term, you have you do have the other like you have to give him another deal. What does that look like? Sure. How well does he age? Yeah. All like all fair questions to ask about Gaudreau, but like that's a really good player. You know, he's not going to make Artemi Panarin money. He shouldn't. He's not that he hasn't shown that caliber, but like. I think that's a guy that they look if they're gonna do it, they they need to do it. And it should start with him. Yeah. The, obviously the worst case is the guy just leaves. And you're like, well, now you got worse, ain't got nothing for, for it. him. Yeah. But uh, they they do have a like and then you have to have a real converse. Like you want to build around Matt Kachuk. He's only twenty three years old, but yep. what are you gonna build around him? If you tear tear it all down to the studs around him. And like Makachuk is just there, <laughs> you know. Do you do you consider that too a full teardown? Because I would say no for right now. See how the next couple of years go. Yeah, but it's it's got to start with Gaudreau. It's got to start with Monahan. And then look, if you can get somebody to take on Mikhail Backlund's money, great. Elias Lindholm would be another guy that you would move, but 
is probably more valuable to you than he would be in a deal. Would have to be the right deal type of thing. Yeah. I'm not sure. I'm not, I'm just not sure how a team would value Lindholm as like a, like a solid player, but not, he's not, not changing a tier echelon type of guy. Yeah, for sure. You know, like coming off 47 points. Like he's a, he's a good, he's, he is a good player. Elias Lindholm is a good, is a good NHLer. Uh, super chat from Jacob Hill here. In a dream world, what Calgary player would you target as the Avs if you were to target anyone? Yeah, Matt Kachuk. Yeah, it'd be Kachuk. Which... Right, could you could you a, a, a theoretical second line of Matt Kachuk, Nazem Kadri, and Andre Borkovsky? Pretty disgusting. Like, Kadri wouldn't have to do anything stupid anymore because Matt Kachuk would be the focus of everybody's ire. Well, it... <laughs> If it's a dream world where you can also afford Matt Kachuk going forward somehow, and you drop Alex Newhook next to him, and you're in love with that line. Yeah. And then as Landeskog ages, they just swap positions. Yep. You know, and that dude, that dude next to Rantanen and next to McKinnon. Gets a little silly at that point. Yeah. It truly is too bad I'm wearing my pants for the show. <laughs> you know, I do I do think though, like Elias Lindholm would be an interesting cat. That like he's a dude that can definitely help a team. Well, he's but... versatile. He's wing and he's played wing and center in his career. You know, he's signed for a couple more years at four point, I think four point nine. I don't know the specifics to be honest. Four point four point eight five. Sure. For three more years after this, and he's 26. Like that would be a great, that would be really, really, really good value as a second line guy that could either play wing or center for you, depending on what you need. Now, Kadri has already vetoed a trade to Calgary once, so he's probably not going to go back there. They he probably will say no again. So you'd have to find something else to trade to get him. But like if they if they wanted to try and get involved in a Calgary teardown. Lindholm is probably the perfect fit of useful, but not like star player caliber and already signed for the next couple of years at under 5 million so that they could work around that number. It, it does. It's certainly enticing when you see that Lindholm signed for three more years, boy, do you start wondering if that's a dude you could drop into Brandon Saad's spot? Yeah, well, I mean, like I said, between between center and wing, he's done both in his career. Yep. You know, he's played he's played some of both and is an okay faceoff guy. Mm-hmm. Like is he's solid in that regard. Not gonna hurt you, yeah. So that helps you a little bit there, although he would probably be replacing Kadri, who's you know, a money in good, the bank and then you know, face off dot, yeah, but quite a good one. But he would be a really and Lindholm would be a really interesting guy. I think he would be my number my number one like realistic target. All right. So when Calgary stays true to its name and sets itself on fire, does nothing and just yeah. Or or what they do is like what they did last year, where they threw a bunch of money at Markstrom and then throw a bunch of money at Chris Tanev. They get a little bit older and a little bit worse, and you're just like and, and locked into deals that aren't going to help them. <laughs> what are you doing? Yep, not great. It's not pretty, but all right. Do we do we want to touch on any other stars 
that could be out there on the trade market, but um, on the trade market, I don't off the top of my head. Is there anybody that we're really missing? I know that those were like the not big that, ones. Yeah, um, not. I think we we covered them all. We're not going to talk about Taylor Hall because it's Taylor Hall. Yeah, that's a free agent would be, but yeah, like Matthias Yanmark is like a depth dude that I'm not worrying about. Like maybe in free agency, that's the guy, JT Miller. Thank you. Mm. I knew there was one I was missing. They liked JT Miller a couple of years ago. Heavily rumored to be what the ABS were chasing in the Tyson Berry deal. Um. Because you remember, do you remember draft day a couple years ago in, yep. in Vancouver? And it was yep. like, I was driving from Seattle and I stopped at a gas station and got cell service. And it was just like, taste of berry, taste of berry, taste of berry, taste of berry, taste of berry. <laughs> and it was just, it was really like, it, ugh, it was nuts. And then he didn't get moved until after the fact. Yeah. Well, and then GT Miller got moved um, to Vancouver. Mm-hmm. For a price that everybody was like, what's that about? Yeah, I I imagine it would be really tough on the price to get JT Miller out of Vancouver is the problem. Because well, he has they're three up, years they're, left, well, two years left at 5.25. They're up against it. So you would say, okay, maybe if you like look, uh, you would have to you would have to add extra, but what about a Ryan Graves starting point for that kind of deal? I I hear you, but I also wonder why like, is it like JT Miller, the the one they're trying to move when they could try and make other things like trying to dump Brandon Suter's contract or Antoine Roussel's or something like that. Well, they've got, they have to make, they have to sign Quinn Hughes. Sure. And I think they've got Patterson in a year. Uh, that's sounds. Right. No, Pedersen's this offseason. Oh, okay. So that makes it harder for them for yeah. sure. So they've got to do both of those now. Yeah. I I still I guess you have you have guys like well, younger is, younger options deep in Besser and Horvat over Miller, but like maybe maybe you do them like maybe you do them a solid and you take on the Jake Vertanen money. Yeah, just to you make know. the price cheaper, sure. But like a that would be one where that would be a like a lot of moving parts, right? Because it yeah. would be like it would be like I think I think if it was like Kadri and Graves, and then they did like Miller and Vertanen, and then the Abs threw in a pick or two, or however they needed to kind of balance that out. That way, there's a lot of money going both directions. Um, but they're getting something that they would really, really, really like in Ryan Graves. Yeah, their their defense is in a weird spot because they're locked into Tyler Myers for so long. But yeah, that obviously look, JT Miller would be awesome. Oh, I actually have, have but... no idea about Jake Vertanen and a sexual assault case. I did not know anything about that. Yeah, I didn't. I had not heard of that either. That okay. Well, in that, in that would case, throw a wrench into things. Yeah, but... in that in that case. Uh... Obviously, don't get yeah, don't mess with any don't mess that. with legal issues. Obviously, yeah, you don't you don't go play in that water. You just avoid that completely. But the 
just change the name on the on the rap sheet, right? They can take money from taking on Roussel's deal or whatever. But oh god, dude. <laughs> Oh, yeah, I totally missed out on this story with Jake Vertanen. Yeah, I had not heard anything about that either. I just know that uh, back when he was a prospect, the ads were really high on him. So I didn't know anything about any of that. So that's my bad. Good prep, AJ. Um, We we didn't even come up with JT Miller, so... We needed Chad's yeah. help with that. So knowing about yeah, well, like it, it would be it would, like that's just kind of the idea, right? Like, yeah. like, like conceptually, kind of, yeah. Kind of kind of moving some money in each direction. You know, Miller's obviously the best player that would get moved, but they would kind of repeat the cadre thing because yep. then Miller is your two C and he's signed for the next two years. Yep. And you're just sort of doing the same. It would kind of be the same same concept as Elias Lindholm. Yep. But with a higher chance that Kadri says yes to a deal if Vancouver's on his veto list. list. Yeah. Vancouver's not, I don't, I don't think Vancouver's on very many players lists. So it's a pretty nice city to live in, but yeah. 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 I mean, I would, I would take it like Antoine Roussel would at least fulfill their like tough guy <laughs> and like French guy quotient on the fourth true, line. Right. True. If Belmar's on the way out. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Antoine, and Antoine Roussel a couple of years ago was like at he's least a, a solid depth option. Yeah. Yeah, he was like a productive guy at this point. <sighs> but JT Miller would be a guy that I would if I, I would I would be um, over the moon. I would I'd be really yeah. interested in. Yeah. All right. Certainly not the superstar conversation, but the next tier, like this is a secondary really tier. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I think we've done enough daydreaming for one day, perhaps. Um, any final thoughts on, on potential star movement this offseason, AJ? I think it's going to be a big one. Um, just Seattle being able to take on bad money. Their willingness to do so. I think I actually think a lot of people have been like, oh, teams will have learned from the Seattle or from the Vegas expansion. I think it's the opposite that's going to happen. I think teams are in a more desperate position than they were for, for Ve- than than the Vegas one, and they will. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think it's a little bit of both, right? You have teams that understand the situation better, but you also have teams significantly more teams significantly more strapped for cap than they've ever been. Yep, and teams that are going to be desperate to get, you know, uh, a, a Milan Lucic kind of contract off of that, or you know, a Braden Holtby contract off of their, off of their books or, you know, some, everybody's got every team in the NHL has one or two contracts where it's like, could do without it. Yeah. Hey, Seattle. <laughs> How you feeling about this cap dump? Yeah. And the more teams that are able to get a cap dump, regardless of price, the more opening for movement it's going to create in other trades around the league as well. So it could be a wild one. It could be. I love our community's love of Ivan Fedotov. It's so random. It's just the best. (laughs) (laughs) I hope, I hope after the Fedotov love moves on that we like two years from now, there's a totally different, just a, a totally different, yeah. Six foot seven goaltender playing in an obscure league somewhere that's like 
that our that our our community is like, come on, abs, rekindle the love for Shamil Shmakov. <laughs> Never imaginary, gonna get burned. Again. Imaginary person Shamil Shmakov. Yeah. Never getting burned again, sir. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you everyone for hanging out with us today. We appreciate all y'all. Hope y'all enjoyed the show. Looking at more of the options around the league. I'm sure we'll be back diving into more specifically Avalanche stuff in the days coming forward. Also, be sure Thursday, not this one, but the coming Thursday is the 1,000th episode of this podcast. So should be a fun one. We're hoping to have some guests on. We're hoping to do something for to to honor the thousandth episode. It may not be the actual thousandth episode, though. Yeah, it it'll be near the thousandth episode. Yeah. Depending on how scheduling goes, we will see. But next Thursday will be one thousand officially. Holy shit! Kind of crazy. Yeah, AJ's been on like almost all of them. I think I have been on a lot of them. <laughs> so. Looking forward to that. Should be a fun time. Hope y'all tune in for that one. But we will be back tomorrow. Who knows what we're doing for a Friday episode. Could be fun. We'll see when we get there. Thank you again, and we will talk to you guys later.